We on? Yeah. Go for it. What episode? Doesn't matter. Episode An- another, another episode. <laughs> There's going to be so many. <laughs> <laughs> well, g'day, g'day, g'day. It's very Australian. If you happen to be watching this hey, and hey, you're hey, not hey. in Australia, g'day, mate. <laughs> um, if you are watching this, man, we're grateful you are. You've taken yeah. some time out to view it. Um, we do get the stats that come to us and we can tell whether you've watched it for a certain duration of time. So Past 30 just, seconds. Yeah, just be aware of that. We will judge you. And uh, so... We're watching. We will cancel you out if you don't. There'll be cancellations happening. But uh, here we are again for Lost in Translations. We, um, you know, for us it is a... Well, we, we consider it a privilege. I don't think Absolutely. that would be too much yeah. of a stretch We uh, to be able to, you know, beam into your device if you're watching on a device or whatever. <laughs> Uh, we're going to do a topic tonight uh, that is called, you know, the whole counsel of God uh, versus the seeker-sensitive approach when mm. it comes to church uh, building, communication of the gospel, um, maybe in our generation, these are things we can dialogue on, maybe we're, we've become overly sensitive to you know, reach the generations and hmm. why is it sometimes, I guess, that we have the apprehension to preach the harder things in the gospel, hmm. meaning the whole council is everything that is in the book from Genesis to Revelation. There's a whole lot of difficult topics and I guess maybe sometimes in our generation we seem to avoid that. Paul uh, says in Acts 20 verse 27, speaking to the uh, Ephesian elders, hmm. He says this, he said, I did not shrink back uh, from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Uh, interesting thought because he's speaking to the elders of the church and he'd been there for several years um, in the synagogue and teaching and preaching. And and I think it's something, it's a good topic to discuss. Like, mm. man, well, should we avoid it? Should we not? Are we, are we too seeker sensitive? Just a little story. And uh, then I'll throw it to one of you two, scissors, rock and paper. <laughs> But I watched a YouTube clip, very short one. Um, I can't remember which who uh, Penn and Teller, the magicians, the guy that talks. Do you guys know Penn and Teller? Yeah, yeah, the guy that talks with the long hair. You know, the one. I don't I know who's who. Is yeah, I don't know if it's Penn or Teller. So don't you know? I think he's Penn. Is it Penn? I think he's Penn. Yeah, we'll just go with Penn. Uh, if I'm, if that's not right, don't judge me. Just email one of these two guys <laughs> on my right or left. And he he was sharing a story about how one night. He had done a show as he does, one of his magician magical shows, and he said after he finished, a very well-meaning Christian. Now he's a professing hardcore atheist, mm. agnostic, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Has no time for God, does not believe in any of it. And and this guy comes up to him afterwards and gave him a track and started to tell him about the gospel and share with him about if he doesn't, you know, convert and repent and put his faith in Christ, that he's destined for a place called hell. And so he's telling the, it was just late one night, he's just on his phone, just kind of talking it in the hotel or whatever. And, and this is what he said, which really, man, it got, it got to me. He said, I actually have no issue with this man proselytizing, trying to convert me. I have no problem with that. I actually respect him and very well-meaning guy. He said, the problem I have and the issue I have is Christians that don't tell me. 
and he said this. He mm. said, because how much, he said, if you really believe that there is a place called hell, that if I don't believe in your Jesus and your faith, that I'm going to this place called hell, if you really believe that, how much do you have to hate someone? These are his words. How much do you have to hate someone to not tell them that? Mm. And it was, wow. I was like, wow, man. It was just like a mm. four-minute clip. And so he was just saying, you know, I think if you really believe that, man, you should put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. So wow. that's the whole counsel of God and seeker sensitive. Are we, mm. you know, maybe two on the other uh, one way or maybe we're too strong on the seeker sensitive side. Maybe we're a bit fearful. Why? Not sure. Thoughts? It's a big one, eh? It is a very big <laughs> one. Just go. <laughs> Just drop I'll let Scotty open. I've got some <laughs> thoughts around it, yeah, but, you know, it's probably different. Yeah. <laughs> Is it because is, it, is is there a fear? Well, I'll ask you, Dan. Do you do you do you feel the pressure? You can't just ask me. I know. I'll drop back to you. <laughs> <laughs> you do whatever you when want. When you're mate. preaching here, or, yeah. or when you're travelling yeah. preaching, do you ever feel any pressure to hold something back? Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. Well, I can't. Uh, literally, I think I I just don't want to upset someone. Hmm. Mm. Be that right or wrong, mm. I've definitely held things back um, when it comes to the more difficult things. Uh, of recent times, I've cut loose in that regard, as in, you know, I'm going to go there. But I have done that. And I think it's, um, yeah, I don't want to upset. I don't want to offend someone. Which is crazy because the gospel's mm. offensive. Mm. I, I wonder... If we if we go to if we're thinking about the the seeker sensitive side, like what you said, is there is there a fear there because the church has lost quite a bit of ground um, in the public square, in civic life, um, in government, etc. That if we were to not hold anything back, um, where we're going to turn people away rather than let them in. Yeah, I don't know. What well, you're here's a, here's a question: Is seeker sensitive wrong? Is it wrong? It's a good question to ask. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's. I think. Um, I think it's something I go through all the time. Like sometimes I find myself in conversations with with people, um, and consciously I'll just say to myself, "And you're not like you're not sharing the gospel right now. Mm. You're trying to protect um, the idea of it by." Uh, what's the word by sugarcoating things? Like I always try, I always find myself in a situation where I'm trying to make sure that this person, that rather than sharing Jesus, I'm telling them that I'm normal for loving Jesus. So I always find myself in a position like, hey, I, I'm yeah. normal, man. I'm just like you, <laughs> but I love Jesus. But it's always this. Um, I find I end up watering it down a lot rather than just. Um, and I actually had a conversation today with someone where in the in the middle of it, I decided that this time I wouldn't do that. So we we're having lunch and I was like, no, I'm always just going, I'm always saying how things could be better, say in church or whatever, around a person who's not saved. And I felt real convicted today in the middle of lunch. We weren't actually talking about church, but church came up. And for the first time with this person, I actually started saying, hey, that's actually not what church is about. And you may have heard me talk about this or whatever, but the reality of going to church is actually to have a relationship with Jesus. It's not about how you are. It's not about... Because his comment was, um, I feel like I don't need to go to church because my character is pretty solid. And I said, yeah, well, I mean, if church was just a school for character, then that's a fair argument, but, but it's not. 
I said, but what gives you that idea? Because I had the same idea when I was an atheist. I, I used to say more aggressively, I don't need to go to church because I know who I am and how, how wrong I was. But that is a common thing for people to think, oh, it's just about being a good person. And I already have my morals and my values. But the core of it is to know who Jesus is and to know that, hey, you can have life and eternity because of what Jesus did on the cross. Um, but quite often I just spend time talking to people like, oh, I'm normal. But I go to church and mm. you try and bridge the gap when mm. really you should be like, come to church. That's what I do a lot. Yeah. One one key though is this is someone that you, <coughs> you're in relationship with. All the time. So if we go to Acts 20, 27, he's in relationship with yep. them. True. I think that's that's a real key. So uh, seeker sensitive I think is I'm over here. I'm just disseminating information to everyone out there. Mm. I've just got to try and draw them in because I think there's a flawed um, thought that if we just get them in here, then a transformation will happen. But I think I think there's a flaw with that because transformation happens when you know Jesus. Yep. And not only when you know Jesus, but when you're in community. So when you know Paul's in community with these Ephesian elders, <coughs> who knows the conversations they're having, like like what you're just yeah. having there, where. It's no holds barred. I'm going to tell you everything as it is. Not to say there's not the place for hey, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, speaking publicly on something, and this is my view. Yep. Um, but I think the relationship things are key. But the environment's key. Yeah. If you're if you're having lunch, um, at a sushi bar, then seeker sensitive in that situation is probably okay. Yeah. But I think once you're on a platform in front of people who have already made the choice to come to church, mm. I think you're not called to, to be what they would expect. I think you're called to preach the, the Bible as the whole, the gospel, and it's going to be weird and offended to people who don't know it, but that's, that is what it is until you start to realise. There's more to it. So I think there's probably a place for the whole seeker-sensitive yep. thing. I don't reckon it's probably places best well served inside church. I think evangelizing on the street. Mm. There's a um, because yelling at people on the street saying you go to hell has never worked. No, no. it doesn't work. Nobody, nobody likes it. It doesn't work including in church either. Guy, really, sure, yeah. including the guy doing it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it doesn't. But yeah, so I think maybe environment is key. Yep. One of, sorry, go Dan. No, no. I was going to say one, one other thought. I just had. I'm just reading through John at the moment. John six. Jesus is talking about the bread of life. If you get down to John six forty four. Jesus says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them and I'll raise them up on the last day. So if, if we think, like, you know, the, the, the thought that we're going to get our techniques right and we're going to be really seeker sense, like, whatever I say to someone, if God hasn't drawn them first, is that, is that a lost cause? If God hasn't worked on their heart, is, does salvation come from me or is God drawing them and then I... I respond to Jesus and say, hey, we have that conversation with your friend to say, well, this is actually what, this is who Jesus is. This is why we do church. And then the Holy Spirit will go and water that or someone else will then say a word to them. I think God calls people. Uh, I think they start, he starts to knock on their so door. I and, think that's yeah. exactly what it says so is that he's he's calling people out and Jesus says that that I, the, only, the only people that come to me is the one that God, God has called already. Mm. So if we think that um, specific you know, being seeker sensitive in terms of we'll just get them inside here and then from there and we'll take them to a different place. Is that why we do see a big drop off rate? Because it's it's uh, things of the flesh which have drawn them in, not God. Yeah, because seeker sensitive is, you know, basically the church we want to, 
yeah, uh, do everything we can, throw the net out as wide as possible. Mm. You use every means that we have in today's generation from, you know, the aesthetics, um, event, say event driven. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying anything's necessarily wrong in and all themselves, but we'll use technology, screens, smoke, lights. We'd, and the presentation of the gospel is um, being, I think we're trying to be sensitive to where the people are at. Mm. And the idea, uh, the way I see it, the idea is to bring them into that environment where God can speak to them. Mm. Are we saying even if we do that, does that does God actually speak in that? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. It's you a tough question, yeah, isn't it? A because question. I, pretty, I think Jesus is being pretty clear here. No one's coming to him unless the God's already called them. Yeah, and I'm, I agree with you. We have to be out in on social media and all those platforms, etc. But so God calling them can be me talking to Johnny as, through relationship, mm. you know, and then they come to church. Does that make sense? Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying, right? I, I think so. But at the same time, if if we believe in that God is calling them, then should we be holding things back? Yeah. <laughs> say, say that again. Say that again. So if we... if. It's a bit, sl- bit slower over here. <laughs> no, I think we just established that Jesus, yeah. when Jesus is talking there in John, he's saying no one's coming to me unless God's already called them. Yeah. So we're talking about all the different techniques and methods we're using to try and get people in, but holding back the, the whole gospel. Yeah. Because we don't want to offend. Yeah. What, what are the I, un- I, un- I agree with that too. I also understand that Jesus himself taught that way. Yeah. By just... Giving little bits, giving little bits, oh, even just as these parables are yeah. like, what's going on here? This is crazy. People like you, you go further down that chapter, and people actually left because of what he was talking about. He's like, you got to eat my flesh. Yes, that's that. I've read that. It, yeah. it's strong, it's and it actually hard. says many of his disciples left. Yeah, because he's saying all of us. What are we vampires now? Yeah. Drink his blood. Yeah. eat his flesh. Yeah. And I've read that and I'm like, man, that is, that is intense. Well, and that's why they left. I imagine myself sitting there listening to someone say that and like, what is this? T- what, what are you talking about? Well, like the young rich ruler yeah. comes mm. up, says, good teacher, what must I do to mm. be saved? Mm. Jesus said, do X, Y, Z. He says, I've done that. Mm. And he says, okay, give everything you have away to the poor and come follow me. Now, the Bible says he dropped his head, walked away sorrowful. In my mindset in today's generation... Just being dead set here, mm-hmm. I would have held that part back. Mm. He's, he's he's asking to get saved. I would have done everything else. Great point. And then I would have said, maybe down the track, hey, listen, by the way, uh, yeah, there's this part where you got to give your life up. But Jesus just went there with him because the issue was the issue of the heart. Yeah. I feel like in today's generation, we'd be more interested in saying, you know, sitting down, going, "Hey, man, let's have a coffee, and mm. let me just tell you about the goodness of God." And you know, I'm not, and again, I'm not saying it's wrong. I just that stuff does mess with my head because Jesus was just straight down the barrel mm. and let him and let him go. We never hear from him again. Mm. Doesn't say that Jesus chased him. What's crazy about that, which blows my mind, as soon as that guy leaves, then he tells, "Oh, by the way, whoever gives up." Houses, fathers, mothers, you know, all the things they give up, you'll receive a hundredfold now in this lifetime and in the lifetime to come. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. I would have said, oh, yeah, do it, but this is what you get. But Jesus let him go and I'm like, well, that doesn't sound very secret sensitive, Jesus. (laughs) I suppose if you said do it, but this is what you get, um, 
that's not helping the heart or the faith. No, but I feel like yeah. that's what we can. That's that secret. Sin. I feel like we can fall into that trap. Mm. And um, on the other side, I mean, for me, I I came through an environment like uh, what for those who maybe don't know exactly what we mean by sen- the seeker mm. sensitive. I came through an environment was like that was really um, protective in that way. That was for new people. So any church you see that is, you know, we're about new people and we're, we're growing, they're going to be naturally seeker sensitive, which I don't think is a massive problem, but there has to be an avenue somewhere within there that it's um, you actually get the whole gospel. That includes healing, miracles, deliverance, all the stuff that people don't want to talk about that they keep for 12 o'clock on a Tuesday behind a closed door. Mm. Those are the things that God, Jesus said, hey, this is what you'll do. Um, but I came through an environment where, hey, when I was 20 and 19, uh, mate got saved, on fire for God, kept asking me to go. Maybe I wasn't called at that point. Mm. I was just like refusing it. For seven years, I refused it. But then I walked into an environment, a seeker-sensitive environment, 100%, but I got saved. And my life changed radically and it worked for me. I also went to, like you said, I went to Hillsong Conference 2016. was like a highlight. I, I was buzzing. I was loving it. But the problem would be then is if you never develop further from that. So if you're always, if it's always about casting a net, and never, and this is where discipleship comes into it. If those, um, if that isn't really heavily thought about for all the people who have been here now, one years, two years into their walk, um, I didn't hear about deliverance for four years, yeah. four or five years, um, and that's a major thing that he talks about healing and miracles. It's one thing to say. We believe in miracles, but to spend time actually like, hey, calling miracles out. So, so I, I, yeah. I, I have a uh, good friend of mine, pastor in the US, and uh, he shall remain nameless. Oh, T.D. Jackson. What's, what's his name? Well, TD. I <laughs> didn't want to bring TD. it up. The Craig, Craig Rochelle. And can you, can you shout us out yeah, next, next Sunday? Yeah, sure. Look, I'd, I'll just <laughs> give him a text now. But he, we, we've had conversations like this. Like, it's kind of what you were just saying then, Brody. Mm. Like, the mentality is, and I actually like this. So I'm just going to be honest. I actually like the train of thought, and I can see the psyche behind it, if you want, if you want to call it that. They will <coughs> throw out that net mm. as wide as possible to pull as many people in as possible to be able to hear the gospel and get them in the door. But then when they get in the door... They give their life to Jesus, then they start crunching, you know, through the the challenges and the issues and the hard things of the gospel. But they will get them in that way. Mm. But then deal with does that mm. make like yeah. okay, look, you're selfish, or <coughs> you need to change this attitude. They walk with them through that process of the the more difficult things of the whole the whole canon of scripture, if you like. Is that that's good, bad? I don't know. Mm. You know, I feel no, I feel no issue with that. Yeah. Um, but if, if there's, as long as there's a space for that to happen. For that stuff. Pretty hard to be focused on um, more than one thing at a time. So as if the whole, if the language and dialogue all the time is about, um, say, new people in that sense, if that's all, you, that's, that's, all that's going to be the language through the staff, through the leaders, through the people, it's always going to be like, hey, invite your friend, which is amazing, like invite your friend. But... Um, but then what happens then, like, at the same time, if you have a church that has zero focus on new people and all they do is, hey, if you turn up, that's great, mm. and, like, that's we'll walk click. with you. It's a click. You know, so, so, yeah. he, so here's the thing. So maybe after all the numbers settle, maybe both styles still see a very similar amount. 
I would. The seeker sensitive, you know, twenty percent hang stick it out. There might only, there might be ninety percent of people stick it out here, but that's the same number because ten have come through the door, but three hundred have come through the door over here. Yeah, it might work out to be the same. I'll probably agree with you. One one comment you said before about um, your mate got saved and he was asking you to come to church, mm. even though you were saying no at that time. I don't know you're going to ask me. What? No, no. I was, I was going yeah. <laughs> to say I would argue that that God was calling you then. Could have been. You were just saying no. I yeah. was just saying, and but he he wasn't being seeker sensitive. Yeah. He came in hot. Yeah. Like I'm talking, the night before, um, totally different person. The next day, plugged in. Oh, and, after he got saved. Yeah. yeah. So he he my experience, my first experience of someone going to church was him coming through our unit door, all the Navy boys sitting there doing all the things we shouldn't do, but we're playing and drinking and partying. He comes in, first words, God's real. I've been in the church. No more girls, no more drinking, no more drugs, no more smoking. I'm sitting there with a FIFA, like playing FIFA (laughs) going, where's the camera? Like, where's the setup? I'm he taking my mickey? And we were best mates, so I'm looking at him going, what is going on? And you could, like, now I could recognise, but in the spirit in the room was like this warfare. It was mm. one guy who'd walked in on fire for God and like eight of us who were like, wrap it up. Like whatever <laughs> you're saying. And we were just shutting it down. And for seven years I had that attitude. Mm. I actually then became super anti-God because of how hard he was going. Yeah, It actually wasn't, and this is, adds to this conversation, it wasn't until years later he had changed his approach, was way more seeker sensitive that I opened up to it. That's 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 this is the balance I think we're talking about. Yep. Where I'm just going to go hard at you and give you like you you know you haven't even said yes to God in your heart yet, but I'm just going to just boom just mm. dump the whole Bible on your head. That's not going to work. <laughs> that, and that's where that's where maybe the seeker sensitive side comes in and having the wisdom to speak the truth in love, but it has to be in relationship. I think. Yeah. Has to, and you got to know your lane. Setting. Yeah. Know your know your lane too. Yeah. I mean, people who are called to say evangelism. Um, they they normally a trend is they have really good discernment, so they can read a situation yeah. with someone on the street. They can see if someone's open to it or not. They know how to push pull. Um, some people who don't, it's like them, them attack them going hard could stop that person from walking to a church for another three years. Mm. So there's probably some discernment and wisdom around definitely. like how you do I, it. I would agree. I'd say def- wisdom is well, wisdom reigns supreme, and mm. being able to read. The situation, the room, the timing, when to go hard, you know, in or maybe pull back is is definitely a discernment and wisdom thing. And trying to navigate that can be difficult. I think here's a, here's another question for you. I actually wrote this down. Um, Must be really good. But I did write it down. <laughs> Took some time out here, people. Invested into this, you know. Come on, boys. Uh, two, two Timothy, sorry, chapter three talks about all scripture is God breathed and profitable. So. Here's the question. Is it a trust issue that we have with God and his word when it comes to communicating the hard parts? Is there, is there a lack of trust that, that I or you may have? Because if, if, if we believe all scripture is God-breathed, in other words, it has a purpose, um, and I hold back from you know, sharing the more difficult parts and the context is right or whatever the relationship's there, is it a lack of trust that, that we have as Christians, as ministers? Even, you know, I'm not just talking about preaching from a platform either. That's mm. one element of mm. communicating is, you know, um, we're all ministers of the word in some 
some, some format. There's not. We're not lay people parishioners. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> You know, guys, I don't even know what I'm here for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is what. Hey, Scotty, ready? <laughs> Delete. Pouring it out, mate. Pouring it out. <laughs> Recall that one earlier. <laughs> Just, uh, you tag. know. This is tag. Let's see, hip-hop producers, at the start of the song, they drop the tag. Pouring <laughs> it out, mate. But, yeah, does that make sense? Is, is there maybe in our generation, do we not trust God's word to deliver the... Um, the hard things. Like I, as yeah. a, as an example, uh, I got a good friend of mine. I shared this the other week preaching at church. Good friend of mine in Sydney who's a lesbian. I'm going to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she owns a couple of cafes and God loves them. Yeah, man, I love I yeah. love her, man. Yeah. She's an amazing lady. And uh, she actually asked me last year, you know, about her lifestyle, mm. and I knew it was coming to a head. I knew it was going to happen. And she said, "Look, is what I'm doing and living, is it you know, is it sin? Is is God going to judge me? I can't tell you, looking at her that day, how much I wanted to retreat and just water it down and say, look, it's 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 all good, you know, it's okay. But it was a long pause, and I put my head down, and then I looked back up at her, and I said, man." I love you, man, but I'm just going to tell you the truth and according to what the Word says and what I believe as a Christian. And I did tell her mm. that, yes, according to the Word, it is it is a sin, like it is if I'm an alcoholic, mm. like it is with any other sin if I'm a liar. It's the same, you know, they're all... And so it, it got pretty messy there. She got really angry. Did uh, she? Yeah. Even though she asked, yeah. wow. Got really, you know... Just the whole thing of like, I thought you cared, I thought you loved me. And we're still talking now, so mm. you know we're working through it. But I, yeah, man, I, I, I wanted to, I guess, not trust. Does that make sense? I wanted yeah. to not tr- just take it into my own hands and just <coughs> sugarcoat it. Mm. Um, is is there a trust issue with the word with us today when it comes to communicating the the, the whole counsel of God? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's. Um, I don't think it, yeah. the trust would be in your ability to know the word. Probably. I mean, I think if the more you know it, um, the more you can handle that situation. Yeah. Like I think if I think if she'd asked someone else who maybe hadn't been in ministry for twenty years and had seen lots of things, and um, it probably would have been a lot worse. She probably wouldn't be still talking about it. It would be like that's exactly what I thought. But, but I think um, probably a great person to ask that question to. If you'd ask that to someone who'd been, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just think it's. I think the more you know the word, and then again, if you've got discernment in those situations, it's probably trusting trusting the spirit in that moment on what to say. There is there is wisdom in holding back and touching right. here and yep. going here, and being relational. Yeah. Um. There's probably no wisdom in going. Well, it says here <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. I agree. Just a knowledge, yep. knowledge, yeah. knowledge transfer, like, and 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 so many people in the West have heard, like, I've heard it before. She, she, I think she was just looking for you to, to actually to verbalize. Drill yeah, just to, to yeah. It's not like she didn't know what no. Christians think. She was expecting yeah. that answer. I think yeah. it was obviously playing on her heart. She's like, "Yeah, I'm going to get you to say what I think you're going to say." Because yeah. there is something beautiful, though. I think really attractive to a man or woman that will just stand strong, mm. but it's covered in grace and truth. Does that make sense? Yeah. But they will absolutely. just, they, there is something I think deep in the heart of man that actually 
is drawn to that and not the wishy-washy, yeah. you know. Uh, does that make sense? I, I feel like there's... I, I, I totally agree. It's a tricky one, though, isn't it? Because um, it sounds like, wasn't wasn't there at the time, but it sounds like you, you responded in love and in relationship, which I think is the key. Like you were saying, if it's just someone spurting out Bible knowledge... It doesn't mean anything to anyone. There's no if there's no love behind it. Yep. I, th- I think the love's got to go first, and the Bible is about Jesus. That's that's why we've mm. got it. It's pointing to Him. It's pointing to yep. the Christ. He is the Logos. He is the Word. Um, and you know, you, you can know the Bible inside out. It doesn't actually. It's, I think there's something different than knowing about Jesus and actually knowing Him. Mm. And that's coming back to the seeker sensitive thing. I think that's where that that gets lost. Is I've gone. I've come into church. I've gone in the front and I've said something. I, I'm almost willing my way into heaven because I've I've been told to say a prayer. Does that mean I know Jesus? Well, that could happen after that. Um, um, but yeah, I think it's 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 not just about I've I've got the right knowledge now and my will is telling me to say a certain thing. I'm actually following him. I'm actually counting the cost of what it takes to follow Christ, which is I might lose a, a, a dear friend. Yep. That I've had for twenty years. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a balance. Yeah. I, I, I see yeah. it as a balance. Um, well, it's it's love. Like it's the, the the core of it is, um, in responding, everything in love. Yep. But it's got it's kingdom love, isn't it? Where I, yeah, I, I actually love you so much, and I, I care about your future. Well, that's what that's what Penn was saying. That, that yeah. at the start of that story yeah. I shared, he's like, man, how much do you have to hate? In other words, mm. if you really believed it, and man, you would, slap. it is. It yeah. was. That's how I took it. Yeah. I was like. And I was watching at home by myself late at night. I'm like, yeah. man, I just got this guy just absolutely drilled me. Yeah, I, I would, I, but I disagree. I disagree with him in a way. Oh yeah, go because like yeah, because of the um, that's a very easy thing to say I, for I, someone I, I for someone who doesn't know Jesus yeah. and yeah. doesn't know love and doesn't know because at this at the end of the day, um, I actually love you so much that I'm not going to ris- risk shoving something down your throat and then you never, ever look at Jesus. Mm. Because yeah. if I haven't been a good representation, th- there's so much wisdom and um, and patience in knowing that in God's timing, this person yeah. will come to Christ if you're a good reflection of him. Yeah, nice. But yeah. yeah no. I, I think th- there's truth in it, but I agree he's probably hiding behind it's that. It's an easy yes. thing to say. He's using yeah. that as like, yeah, I've wiggled out of this He's now, disregarding, yeah. yeah. The, yeah, the nuances and the oh, context yeah. of the uh, of the it dynamic ha- has to be in relationship. Yeah. It has to be. I agree because the yeah. guy standing on the street corner. I mean, what is that? Yeah. You know, like honestly, it drives me mad. Yeah, I think they give us a bad rap. Yeah, where you know, and, and there's times too if you present someone just you, you either go to heaven or hell. I'm just gonna say, yeah, I'll, I'll choose the ticket to heaven. What have I got to do? I could walk away and not change my life. Mm. <laughs> Someone presents the gospel that way. <laughs> is it someone to follow, or is it just like, my get out of jail free card? I'll punch my ticket. Well, I think with the with the limited teaching that you might that you might receive, uh, and and this is also the owner shouldn't be on say the pastor. Like um, there is there is a point where you need to be responsible for your management of your own spirituality. Yeah. But in the early yeah. days, when you're looking for someone to teach you and sort of stuff, there is um, your journey. Will will be capped if you think that salvation is the end. Yeah, um, it's not even it's not even the beginning. It is, but it's actually in the middle of this circular. It, it's the corner. It's the like where it starts, yeah. where it ends. But I think of it, salvation like the door, and most people just get to the door. But man, you walk through the door, and that's where you have because it's narrow. That's why 
people just go, oh, I've said it. I've said my bit. And that's, that's just, that is just taking that, I'm going to hedge my bets. Yeah. I'm going to say this prayer. I hate to tell you. There's a lot more than just saying seven seven sentences to actually going to heaven. Yeah, But that is a, a really seeker-sensitive approach. But it works a lot. But numbers isn't the game. No, that's... The harvest of souls is the game. Yeah. Well, I, you I, can go somewhere with that. I, I <laughs> absolutely agree because the met, the success metrics are numbers. If, it, if it's just numbers, then that's going to drive a seeker-sensitive approach. Mm. True. So if it's just about aggregation of numbers and yep. I've, I've got lots of people, I, I actually I, I really like, and I've thought about this quite a few times. I really like what you say about um, you know a large seeker sensitive church or medium sized whatever. The nut the the actual maturity spiritual maturity in there might be the same as a really what's seen as a really small, um, not dynamic church that has three people come through the door, whatever. You know, yeah. I, I, I have thought about that often, um, but. It, you can't. I don't think outside a relationship you can measure spiritual growth. You can look at church attendance, tithing. Are you there on Wednesday night? And and say, hey, they might be. Um, they look like they're on fire, but we, outside of a relationship, how would I ever tell that someone's growing yeah. in Christ? Yeah, they're, they're indicated. They can indicate things. Yeah. Well, Jesus was talking to the religious of the day and said, <coughs> "You're whitewashed tombs." Yeah. You're doing everything Brute, externally. Yeah, yeah. Brood yeah. of vipers. Yeah. So they looked apart, but their hearts were far from. Yeah. And I, that can happen in today's generation. Oh, yeah. well, what I mean, I've done that. In yeah. the last 26 years, I've been in church, and man, I'm, I'm not there. I'm there, but I'm not there. Yeah. And it was only actually relationship <laughs> that, you know, pulled me out of that, where people knew me well enough and were close enough to me to go, something's not right here. Mm. But I've definitely been in that zone. You know, my hands are up. You know, I'm doing all the right, saying the right things. Amen, brother. Mm. Um, bless you, man. Yeah, bless you. <laughs> yeah. God bless you, brother. Bless you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it definitely comes out of relationship. Wow. Uh, God bless you, brother. Oh, there's just so many bless you, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm broke. Oh, Let's pray for you. Yeah. Let's need 20 bucks. I'll just pray for you. You get 20 bucks in your pocket. <laughs> I'm not even going to pray for you. I'll text you that I prayed for you. <laughs> oh, uh, bless his heart. <laughs> I, also, I also think... Um, It'd probably be very different for, say, everyone, besides the Western culture. Western culture drives this stuff. Probably be very different elsewhere. Probably, um, I think because we got it so good. Oh, yeah. We're not desperate for Jesus. Yeah. You're kidding. Like, we really are kidding ourselves. Yeah. I, I think you have to probably go through some stuff, and probably a lot of things I haven't even been through yet. You really need to go through some stuff to then get to a place where you're so desperate and you probably have this really deep revelation of man. Like, I just, I mean, I can say it. But there's people who really, really believe it more than me because they've been through something. They've lost mm. a child or they've lost a... Um, we've got it really easy here compared to, say, other places where are hiding in basements to worship Jesus. And that's why they're probably seeing signs and wonders yeah. because they're so desperate for it. We say it and we have yeah. a conference around it, but we've got it really... We don't. People don't need Jesus. We're quite they soft. Think, yeah. And that's it's hard because we're born into that. Yeah. We live in a great country. We live in a great part of the world. Yeah. Um, it can be hard be, to be so desperate for Jesus when we're really never forced to need it. Yep. It's a really hard hard thing to get right without doing time. Yeah, yeah. we're part of the culture of something's wrong, go to the doctor. And these are not bad things either. Whereas maybe somewhere in, in the Eastern world or a third world country, they're crying out to God for healing. 
And seeing it. And seeing yep. it, yeah. And it's not it's it's not a bad thing to go to the doctor. Not not absolutely not saying that. Or it's we're so rational. <clears throat> we have our we have our hope and faith in a lot of secular things. And it's not a bad thing, but it kinda it does cut off the yeah. transcendent part of Christianity. Yeah. I have been to Africa a few times. Yeah. And, you know, I've read about stories where people walk, you know, six kilometers to go to a meeting. Mm. And um I've seen that firsthand, man. And they, mate, they're not there to play games. Yeah. They just walk six kilometres in the mm. flipping. I just said flipping. I Flipping's a great word. Just flipping, steaming hot weather. Yeah. Muddy, you know, dirt road. And, mm. man, they want, they're going after God. And it's it's, in, it's actually quite intense. And it's, I think you're right. I think in our Western world, we're, we're pretty soft, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, I think it's changing, though. I mean, I don't know if it's just because I've shifted what I watch. But I feel like it's changing. Mm. I feel like a lot of the, um, a lot of the guys that I'm watching on other podcasts and doing their um, their live streams or different churches, man, they're going hard about this particular topic. Mm. They are going hard about hey, like start to learn deliverance, start start to learn healing. Let's start to see sick miracles. Let's start to like live your life, lay everything down. Whereas like really hard, intense preaching, but people are responding. Yeah, I think people like. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's shifting. Uh, it's shifting here too. Yeah. Uh, locally, churches, yeah. the way the language through churches, and even the um, what would be considered seeker sensitive churches around here, they're shifting. Man, yeah. in the way they're approaching it, the the key would be to keep going. Hey, like, don't worry about numbers. Don't what you're, man. Not like it's going to go up and down. But the probably that if it's a sex sex rate, like the sex rate of people starting to really change, mm. starting to really get hungry. Yeah. Um, that's how a whole city can change. Yeah. Yeah. The cost of discipleship, eh? Mm. Dietrich Bonhoeffer book. Ooh, oh, back on hard Dietrich. Read. Yeah, back on Dietrich. <laughs> I recommend reading it. It's a hard read. You get slapped on every page. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, talking about <coughs> the West and we've just sort of lamented where we're at, but don't you think um, – I'm reading an amazing book at the moment and he, he just says basically we're – we're in the age of authenticity. So this is the – and the catch cry to that might be YOLO. You only live once. I'm going to do what I can to make myself happy. My my, I'm not reaching out to anything transcendent. My my path to a higher plane is when I'm actually truly myself and I make myself happy. Mm. And that bleeds right into the transgender thing where I feel like this, so that's who I am. I'm going to go and do that. But there's actually a real spiritual hunger. A lot of people are – they're open to spirituality. Yep. It's just getting filled with a lot of new age stuff and, and consumerism and other bits and pieces. And that's where I think we are. The, the moment we're living in is, it, it's, man, it's so, it's so different from where we've been the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It, it feels like, to me, it feels like new wine into new wine skin. Yep. Like that, this is an opportunity with everything that's going on to really, like what you're saying, really follow Jesus and count the cost. Yeah, people are, I agree, people are hungry. Yeah. They are. The, yeah. The, the, yeah, the Bible says God put eternity in the heart of man. Mm. So deep down there is a, yeah. a longing for something. Now, people will pursue crystals or, you know, whatever, but in essence they're, they're trying to fulfil the this void, this something that's lacking deep in the heart of man. And, and I think it's that, what's, that's why God says, man, he's put, there's an eternity element to humankind, mm. human beings. And, and I think for the church, it's, a, it's an incredible opportunity to, you know, be who we're called to be and love the way that Jesus loved. And, and man, 
preach the whole canon of scripture. Yep. Go yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah. But with grace and truth. and Because, yep. I mean, Jesus is the model. Mm. He was, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was very gracious and kind and loving to the lost, yep. the sinner. People on the outside. On the outside, mm. but he was very harsh and direct and strong to religious. Knew his, yeah. mo- knew his moments. Yeah. Yeah, for was, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's something in that. There is. I, even the like what we were just talking about before, the, the idea of being hungry spiritually, a, a great like um, verse that often gets like brushed over or miss like lost in translations, mm. right? Dang. Is um is blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Yeah. And people just sort of brush over that poor in spirit. But that word poor is is actually a it's a position. The original meaning needs to be begging. Mm. So it's not about it's not about lacking of something. It's actually about your position to be begging for something. So blessed are the who are those who are begging yeah. in spirit, man. So even if you feel like you're crying out for God, you, you're spiritually you're just um, you're so hungry for it. You're blessed there rather than rather than having to hear something back or feel mm. like you're hitting God or feel mm. like you're spiritually growing. Just the position of it which is where I think a lot of people are right now. The position of people has, has shifted. 2020 scared a lot of people. Mm. It was full on. People mm. started looking. Um, they started really looking, man, to God. And uh, they started watching more conspiracy videos, being yeah. there. They started yeah. asking questions. Um, yeah, so I think it's, regardless of where you're at, just the actual position of people has changed. That's mm. a really good thing. Because mm. I think I think it's, I reckon the church is in a, in a better position now than it was 12 months ago. Mm. I, I, the people in it for sure. The opportunity is incredible. The darker the, the darker it is, the oh. the what am I trying to say? I agree. Like the early church was under persecution, a lot of, persecution. A lot of drama, yeah. and it uh, squeezes you into a position where you really do. I keep come back to John six, where Jesus says, yeah. <laughs> "You eat my flesh and drink my yeah. blood." Like that's the point. Are you following or not? This is hard. Like I think you know. Accepting Jesus is easy, the hard part. The, the the narrow road is after that where, okay, I'm going to actually lay down and let my character grow, say the hard things to people. Um, yeah, you know, bottom out spiritually now and again because God's trying to teach you something and he's trying to break down what you thought you knew. I'm talking personally here yeah. of like, you, I'm, I know this. And I know what the Bible says is this. And then God starts working on your heart. It's like, far out. <laughs> okay, I'll lay that down again, lay down my yeah. pride, and uh, I'll learn and and follow you as close as possible. It is. A, it's a. It's a. And I think it is an amazing day to live in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like an amazing hour. The light is at its most potent in the dark. Yep. That's what I was trying to say before. Yeah. And the world is getting darker, mm. seemingly, more chaotic, mm. more um, pressure, drama. The church is, you know, in a lot of parts of the world, even a place like the US is coming under attack like it never has in that context anyway there. Um, but I think it's that's where I think we shine as Christians and stay true to the, the gospel and mm. it's an incredible opportunity. Definitely. I've got a question maybe just for you to practically give some advice. You probably... Um, a good person to to speak this into people for people right now who um who fear who who live in fear right like maybe Christians but they're fearing say end times they're reading a lot they're seeing a lot and maybe they fear um, people's eschatology is all over the place right um, what's some really practical advice to give people some peace in just like hey like living in the moment uh, you know you might have a certain view on revelations but 
just give some practical advice to someone around, hey, live live in the now. Like you don't have to have all the answers because no one does. Like I've, yeah. I've I've heard you speak about this before, and it just might be uh, it might be something calming for someone to. Nice, my brain just going through files. Go like for it. Just <laughs> 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 trying to loc- <laughs> trying to locate something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, I'm, practically, I think it's it's imperative. Um, you know what we see and view is, I think, really important because that has a way of of affecting what I think mm. and getting into my my mind, my spirit, my heart. So I've got to, you know, it's like I, like I will keep uh, a good breadth on what's happening, you know, yep. politically, yep. maybe financially, and not that I'm a genius in that context by any means, but I definitely keep a good hold on what's happening, you know, globally. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't – I don't look at it too long because it will get the better of me. You know, if I watch, you know, even say Fox News in America or CNN, if I watch that, that will cause me to live in a sense of anxiety Mm. and fear. So I'm very (coughs) cautious on how much I will watch because in the end I've got to make sure that I am, my, my sight is on the word and who Jesus is. Yeah. You know, in a very real practical way of like understanding Man, like if I if I look at this too long, whatever that is, it's going to affect the way I feel and what yeah. I think. So I I will one hundred percent, man. I go after like what I mean by looking at Jesus is I literally mean sitting down, you know, finding some quiet moments in your day when yeah. it's flat out. For me, that's super early in the morning. Man, I sit there and I it doesn't mean I'm reading the word all the time. It doesn't mean I'm praying in tongues or going crazy. I can just sit on my lounge. And I just think about how good God is. Yeah. And those 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes for me is incredibly, um, what's the word? C- centering? Is that the wrong word? It sounds very new age. Uh, very, yeah. <laughs> very, <laughs> I, I cross my zen. legs. Is it zen? I, zen. That's, thank you. I cross my legs. And, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't do that at all. Um, <laughs> I can't even cross my legs yeah. these days. What am I talking about? Jeez. Um, That's just calming. I, I yes, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's very, it, it keeps me grounded. grounded and keeps me in good stead. Mm. And I walk into my day. Knowing that. Knowing, mm. man, Jesus, you're very real, you're very powerful, you have not changed, you're still king. Mm. And uh, this is, for me, very basic, but I've never lost that side of that, you know. Yeah, there's, pa- there's power in, in the simplicity because mm. you can get so um, – it can get very complicated. Yep. Um, no, I just asked that because, I mean, Laura and I have so many conversations around end time stuff. Um, and what's funny is Christians, you know, in the end – amazing yeah. yes but there's still this fear that comes mm. on and this is like probably another topic because we're yeah. going to run out of time soon yeah. but it's almost like <laughs> i'm guilty of this right how amazing is it going to be right when you're just with jesus in heaven it's going to be um you can't really fathom mm-hmm. how good that would be you know no sickness no fear no anxiety no depression like just this um complete like this amazing feeling but there's still part of this western mind that goes oh man if if the rapture happened next week, mm. I didn't get to like, I didn't get to do this. <laughs> yes. I didn't get to, get 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 to do that. I didn't get to get my golf score down to scratch. <laughs> I didn't get to buy the house I wanted. And mm. you just sit there and you go, are you freaking kidding? Yeah. Are you kidding yourself? You're talking about. So, but that's why I asked that question because so many people, it doesn't matter what they compare yeah. it to, man, they, you can live in fear, especially with all the noise. The great advice is to, man, like basic, 
start yeah. your day yeah. just thinking about how good God is. Wins in the end. He's yeah. winning right now. He's not surprised when you think. I love it. I love the thought. You know, you said what well, if he comes back next week? I see the good side of that. Yeah, I'm, which I'm is like, the I'm right way to think. But I'm like, my daughters aren't going to get. No punk's going to come and take my daughter away. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Some people don't have to pay rent. That's good. <laughs> cool. Perfect. Bang. Do I need to wrap it up anyway? You can wrap it up. Wrap it up. You normally touch, Just you ask them to touch the screen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone, oh, if yes. anyone does want to know when Jesus is coming back. Um, <laughs> That's episode. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone does want that. That's episode 777. Seven, <laughs> <laughs> if you happen if you to want have that been, piece, we can give it to you. <laughs> if you happen to have been watching this far at the end, <laughs> hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hmm. because, you know, what you do follow us on parlor uh, gap gap parlor <laughs> Quick signal before they go text us gone. trump text, tv <laughs> message us on signal and uh we'll, we'll get in touch somehow god uh, bless you awesome yeah.